Well, hey guys, this is the beginning. My name is Graham Cowgill, and I thought, man, I should start a podcast. I got some crap to say. People want to hear random things, so the name of this podcast is Jack of All, and the inspiration to this was that I consider myself Jack of All Trades, King of None. I know a little bit about a lot of things, but not a ton about any one specific thing. Like there are other people like that. So that's the point of this is let's just look for daily inspiration and just a whole mess of things. What can we get into? Let's have some fun, have some laughs, some tears, but only crying because we're laughing so hard. Uh, let's let's get into this together. I thought a good place to start. I wanted to look at the um, the news updates for today. So I looked at the ticker. The old news ticker on my iPhone. And I was like, let's just go off these things and see what we find. So, first news story. Time Magazine. Huge, big, bold letters. Intimidating. Just made you so scared of life already. And it said, are eggs healthy? Question mark. Here's what experts say. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) Oh no, man. I eat like 48 eggs a day because they're cheap and that's the only thing I know how to make. So I'm so nervous because why else would they have that on there? So I'm like, great, scientists found out that eggs give you spina bifida or something. Who knows? Why else would they have this story? So I read through the story, are eggs healthy? Got to the end. Guess what? They are healthy. What? Are you freaking kidding me? (laughs) That's the story. We know eggs are healthy, you morons. (laughs) How is that front page news? Hey, don't miss this. Huge, big, bold letters. Everything you already knew continues to be correct. What a stupid freaking... How boring does today have to be? That a leading story is eggs continue to be healthy. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then I was reading through, they have like random quotes from people that nobody cares about. Some Somebody named Maciel, uh, their quote is, There are, of course, ways to make eggs even more nutritious, like pairing them with vegetables. First of all, Maciel, nobody cares about you. Second of all, that's not making eggs more nutritious. That means <laughs> vegetables are nutritious. That's not saying, hey, here's how to make Snicker bars more nutritious. Put a piece of broccoli on it. No, the Snickers is still crappy. You're just now adding a vegetable. What a dumb quote. And who who knows who? Maciel? Is that like the resident egg enthusiast? Like, who is Maciel? Then there's another quote from some chick named Zetlin. I guess another egg enthusiast says, uh, Zetlin also likes to combine eggs with a good source of fiber, like veggies, fruit, or whole grains. Here's her dynamite quote, ripped from the, the press, straight to you, front page. The combination of protein and fiber will keep hunger pangs at bay for a longer period of time, she says. If I'm having a hard-boiled egg for a snack, I like to include a clementine, or some grapes for a little fiber. Zetlin. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like 
a small town newspaper, some story that would be like on the third page. <laughs> you know what I mean? That they're using people like there's no character build. You ha- you have to already know who Maciel is, and you're just like, oh, that's so Maciel, right? <laughs> right under it is a story that's like Sherry Sanders thought that somebody had stolen her TV remote on Tuesday, but turns out it was just really far down in the couch cushions. Stay tuned. We'll give you an update next week. Oh, Time Magazine, man. You are freaking slipping. How ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Are eggs healthy? Yep. Yes. Yes, they are. All right. See you next week. All right. Here's the next story. This is whiplash here, but it was talking about George W. Bush. Died at age 94. Um, they had the memorial. Um, and, man, I was reading through it. It was pretty gut-wrenching. Uh, I was talking about how George Bush, after uh, his wife died, after Barbara died, that he was just crushed. Um, she died... I think two years ago, and it was really, really tough for him. Even later in life, he was just saying, I'm heartbroken. It's hard for me to do this. And uh, then it was kind of this slow descent. The family said that they knew this, that death was coming, that this was probably the last summer they had with them. And um, so they were preparing for it, but still, nothing can really prepare you for when death actually happens. And it got me thinking because as a pastor, I've sat beside some deathbeds and I've talked a lot with people that are on the last leg of life. And death is scary, isn't it? I don't know. Even with my faith, I think death is scary. It's it's such an unknown. You know, right? Even even if you know where you're going, even if you have full faith, like, okay, I, I start this eternity in heaven. Just that whole transition feels scary. I don't, you know, I think back to every wormhole time travel movie I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, it's just got to be, there's just so many unknowns. And I had a dream once. It was one of the most vivid dreams I've ever had in my life. And the dream was that transition. And there was this huge line uh, of people and I remember distinctly, you either were kind of ushered in to heaven, or <clears throat> if you weren't, then your body rose off the ground. And if your body rose off the ground, it means that you were going, you know, in the dream, it never got that far, didn't go to like hell or anything, but it was like, okay, you're not going to heaven. And it was... The finality of that moment stood out in the dream more than any dream I've ever had. And actually, in the dream, uh, the first time, I rose off the ground and I could feel, oh my gosh. And for some reason in the dream, it said, you get a second chance. And you go back to Earth. And uh, so I remember going back to Earth and I lost perspective and just kind of kept living for myself, it was just a, a weird dream. And then I ended up dying again, going back up. I was in line and and I just realized, oh my gosh, this is it. 
and I get to the front of the line and all of a sudden I feel my feet come off the ground and it was it was the scariest dream I've ever had. I fully felt the finality of that moment and it was terrifying. And there are so many people that I talk to last leg of life that um you know not to be patronizing but I think sometimes atheism seems like kind of a fad or like the cool thing to do sometimes and it's you know Christians are ridiculous and this and that but uh there aren't honest thoughts given to the afterlife it's it's very dismissive uh well I promise you that there are honest thoughts given to the afterlife and to eternity when you're on the last leg of life and death becomes a reality and a real thing to process through and talk to people who atheists who are on the last leg of their life and start asking questions they've never asked before because they're like oh my gosh this is real and I don't have time to be cute I don't have time to be you know faddish uh what does this really mean? I better start looking into truth and at least seeking truth while I still have this chance. And so anyway, this this story just made me think of so many people that are, you know, 80s and up that their conversation and their thoughts begin to take a different shape when death becomes a firm reality. And it makes more sense if you're 80s and up, but... <clears throat> Tomorrow is not promised to anybody, right? <laughs> really. I mean, there's catastrophic stuff that happens all the time. Not to be fear-based and just say <clears throat> we should walk around terrified, but that's why it's important to ask those questions because this life is a vapor. It is a it is not much time. And this is when we need to be taking full advantage of, of this and seeking truth because decisions that we make now um, I don't know. It means eternity, right? It really does. So, um, anyway. All right. Jeez. Was that whiplash from the first one? All right. But much better, at least thought-provoking uh, for the second headline. And then third was something I wanted to talk about. Hopefully, you guys know who this is when I say this name. If not, shame on you. We're not really into shame here on this podcast, but you should be ashamed uh, Zion Williamson. Hopefully you know that name. <clears throat> Zion Williamson is a uh, a Duke freshman basketball player and an absolute freak. This guy is unbelievable. Uh, even if you're not into sports, go YouTube Zion Williamson. He is a true freshman at Duke. He's six eight. 285 with a 40 inch vertical. Is that? I, he's unbelievable. He is must watch TV. You know how there are just some people that you watch them do things and they take you to another place? You know, like basketball, for instance. Uh, there are a bunch of really good basketball players. Really good. But there are only a select few that take me to this other place. Steph Curry is one of those. Where the Warriors, I'm bandwagon Warriors. Uh, I went to University of Texas, and Durant went to Texas, so I've been kind of bandwagoning him in his journey. And I love the Warriors. But honestly, 
if Curry isn't playing, I probably don't watch the game. I watch the highlights, but I don't watch the game. Curry is playing. I am finding a way to be in front of the TV. He, he's just, he's a different type of dude. He's different. He plays the game different. It's There's this freedom to the way that he plays. Guys, Zion Williamson is that guy. He's just different. He plays the game different. He's a different level of athleticism than I've ever seen in my life. Um, he's just, he's unlike anything I've ever seen. However, I am starting to wonder if there isn't some bad blood on the Duke team. I heard a couple reports that were saying uh, there's another freshman phenom who's actually the number one player out of high school that went to Duke also, named R.J. Barrett, who's incredible in his own right. Incredible. He reminds me of like a Penny Hardaway type of thing. Really smooth, pretty athletic, uh, but just a great all-around player. Uh, But all of the press is on Zion because Zion does these things that are superhuman. And so some of the reports are saying that R.J. Barrett's starting to look off Zion, which means just intentionally not pass it to him. Um, And dang, yeah, I mean, these are young kids, and that's going to be a pull for sure. Uh, But I really, man, I hope it doesn't happen. I just hope that they they gel. I hope they continue to be for the team. Because I think R.J. Barrett's going to look back on this team years from now and realize I was part of something special. I had the opportunity to be a part of something that that not a lot of people have seen. And when you don't take advantage of that, it's a huge bummer. You know? It's like it's like the Beatles, right? Think about the Beatles. Uh, I mean, how crazy is it that McCartney, Lennon, George Harrison, all insane songwriters, right? Like individually would be the best of their generation and they were all in the same band. Right? And despite like fights and creative wrestling they managed to make this band work and were part of by far the most influential anything in musical history and uh yeah i'm not saying that they're going to change history but if you have the opportunity to be a part of something i think that that's god orchestrated and you got to lean into the team more than you do to boost up yourself or the individual i've had regrets with that i've been part of teams before and looking back man i was just consumed with insecurity or jealousy right i found myself just trying to look good or even worse found myself trying to look better than other people instead of viewing the unique opportunity of embracing the team that was created Uh, Right now, I'm working with a buddy of mine, Caleb Anderson, who, man, if you, you got to listen to his podcast, Spirit Farm is the name of his podcast, or his blog called Chewables. They're incredible. This guy is so gifted with words. Uh, But we're starting this company creating um, content to facilitate deeper relationships and deeper friendships. And we recorded the first video and we went back and forth speaking in the video. And we realized that we were each trying to make good points. You know? And it wasn't malicious. I think it was the exact opposite. We felt like, hey, we want to pull our weight here. So we want to make sure we're adding value. 
But the point is not for Graham to make a good point and then Caleb to make a good point. Uh, the goal is for the video to make the right point. And so I realized, dude, Graham, die to yourself. And Caleb said the same thing, die to yourself. And we want to make sure that the video wins, right? The overall goal of the video video wins, the team wins. So maybe one week my, my goals or my role is just the setup guy. That I just do the setup so that Caleb can make a dynamite point and people get something out of the video. Or the next time that Caleb is just the setup guy and I make the point, whatever. Uh, it's just recognizing your role on the team instead of wanting yourself to win. I heard this said before. I can't remember where I heard this, but it was humility is seeing yourself in the context of God. I love that. Humility is seeing yourself in the context of God, beginning to recognize right, this small role that we play in making him famous. But I think so often we just pridefully see things in the context of us. You know, we, we try to make ourselves better. We try to belittle others. We, whatever, try to maximize our reputation or glory where instead uh, we are not the focal point. We are role players. We get, and you know, it looks different in different seasons. My, my influence right now is different than my influence will be in another 30 years. I don't know if it'll be more or less, but it's different. Let's go back to my man crush there, Steph Curry. Steph Curry's influence is incredible right now. He speaks and people listen. In another 40 years, it is different. <laughs> it's different. His influence is different. And so our roles shift in different seasons, um, but God is always orchestrating us to be a part of a team, a greater team. And whether that's your business, whether that's your family, whether that's your friend group, or whether that's just this macro vision of humanity in general, he is writing you specifically in to play a role, a unique role in making him famous and loving other people and influencing the lives around us and maybe making a change for eternity. So man, never discount your role because you are created with intention and your role, though different, is just as important as anybody else's. So thanks for joining me on the very first podcast for uh, Jack of All. And I'm excited to keep this going, man. I think this is... This is going to be a good outlet for me. I enjoy doing this, and hopefully you guys get something out of it too. So enjoy your day. See you tomorrow.